The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. According to author and millennial Charlotte Ivers, the generation that came of age with the internet has built around itself an intricate ecosystem of online etiquette. Those who recall the pre-dot-com world, she says, are far less familiar with this ecosystem. And she goes on to say that when the two collide, unnecessary confusion and hurt ensue. Well, Charlotte herself joins us on the line, as does Lorcan Nyan, head of training with the Communications Clinic, and Ali Ryan, founder of Goss Media. Good morning, one and all. Uh, Charlotte, we'll start with you. What uh, caused you to embark upon this project? Well, this has been something of a passion project for a while, really. So it was quite fun to be able to find an excuse to finally write about it. Essentially, I was having a glass of wine with a friend and she told me this story. She'd been working on this big document for weeks and weeks and she'd sent it round a huge number of her colleagues. And at 11 p.m., her boss had replied to everyone in the email chain. And the reply had just said, who wrote this, dot, dot, dot. And my friend spent the entire night thinking it was the end of the world. She was going to get fired. She was going to have to leave the country because she read that because of the way it was framed, the time, the ellipsis, the bluntness of it as essentially saying, who on earth wrote this utter nonsense? This is terrible. And then the next morning, she spoke to her boss about it. And he said, oh, no, it was just that I was worried that someone was overworked, that you were overworked. And I was trying to divide up the work more evenly. And really, that was indicative for me of something I see a lot, which is that people who grew up with the Internet have developed this incredibly intricate system of etiquette to go with it. Mm. And her boss is a bit older than her and he just wasn't really tuned into that etiquette in the same way and as a result didn't really notice how many rules he was violating and you just had this big misunderstanding and intergenerational misunderstanding really where two people thought they were having completely different conversations. Now language evolves, all language evolves so we do expect uh, changes to come about in the online world as well as in the real world Uh, but I would tend to write as I write in ordinary English. I will parenthesise where necessary, I'll put a full stop, I'll use I capitalize and do all of that as if you were reading something that I had in a printed document. I'm told, though, I should not use a full stop. Why? <laughs> yes, this is one of the really controversial ones. It's not that you should never use a full stop in a text. If you're doing lots of different sentences, then obviously you need to break it up as usual. But if you're sending something like a one word answer, OK or right, if I were to send that to one of my friends, say they said, oh, I can't make dinner today anymore. And I said, "Okay, full stop. That is a really obvious way of me expressing disappointment, annoyance, anger. It's sort of like creating a pregnant pause saying, "Okay." But if you just send "Okay," that's all fine. So "Okay" without a full stop is is okay, But "Okay" with a full stop means "Okay." So that's your attitude to dinner. Exactly, exactly. So if I was sending a a message that could go one of two ways to convey the tone, I, I probably would leave the full stop off to make it clear that it's fairly cheery. Sometimes I will do full stops throughout a message and then on the final sentence, not put one in. And I think part of that as well is trying to indicate you're keeping the line of communication open. Mm. It's sort of like when people used to do radio communication and you'd say over, over, over and out. A full stop is almost an over and out. It's interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. I was speaking to my editor when I first pitched this piece to him, and he said, 
this all sounds interesting. Can you tell me why it is that people your age always send multiple messages? So you wouldn't send a big, long paragraph in one text. You would send, hello, new message. How are you? New message. What do you fancy for lunch today? Or something like that. And I said, I think what it probably is, is you're following the cadence of normal conversation there. You are basically allowing that person to jump in at different points to reply to different elements. Whereas if you send someone a message with three long questions in it, they then have to reply yeah. to all of them at once. So there are so many different facts at yeah. play here. I now, don't want to pretend I think this is the absolute law, yeah. but these are definitely all things that would play into how yeah. I'd communicate. I, I wouldn't say they would have done that when it was 20 pence in the UK for a text. <laughs> uh, they certainly would not have been doing that. Uh, the, the, the question of, and I watch it with my daughters who are of a similar generation to you, and they want to make arrangements and they text you know, back and forth, back and forth. back. And I say, as I would, why don't you pick up the bloody phone and call them? You can <laughs> get it sorted much quicker. Seemingly, I'm not allowed to make a phone call now without warning someone in advance that I'm about to make the call. And not alone that, I have to tell them it's not a serious matter. No one's died. I'm just making a it's call. Exactly. So this is something I had with my mum. If she phoned me out of the blue, I would immediately be really worried that something bad had happened. And this is something that I have noticed from speaking to a lot of people my age and a bit older, a bit younger as well. And so I end up saying to her, would you mind dropping me a text saying, can you call me? But obviously that's even more of a nightmare because then you worry that actually she needs you to call because something has gone wrong. So now we have a deal where she will text me saying, can you call me? And by the way, it's just for a catch up. Nothing bad has happened. And that means that everyone doesn't have to worry as much. I would say usually I would always book in a phone call with anyone rather than calling them out of the blue. And that sounds a bit odd. I'm a journalist. I phone people professionally. But even then, if I've got a story that I need to put to someone, something difficult, something they don't want to hear, I'll probably call them out of the blue. But if it's just a politician who I would like to help me with a story, would like them to talk about one of their colleagues for a profile or something like that, then certainly I would always book it in. And I think that's just about valuing other people's time. It's the same with your daughter booking dinner. It's very much just a way of making sure that people can text you alongside whatever else they're doing. Whereas phoning someone says, I think you're yeah. probably going to have to drop everything to speak to me. I'm the most important thing in your life right now. Mm. Now, the other thing, voice notes, um, is a, a plague. Because people, <laughs> there are some people, and if if I was using a voice note, it would be very quick. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll be uh, at the bridge at 12 o'clock. Thank you. Uh, however, other people regard it as a broadcast, uh, a half hour broadcast, and therefore I never listen to them. Yes, voice notes, I think I haven't quite got to the bottom of yet, because a voicemail I would find quite annoying to receive, whereas voice notes I'm a bit happier about. I think possibly because they form part of the back and forth of conversation. And I've started using them a bit recently. And the only time I'd ever use one is if I've got an anecdote that I need to tell someone that they've asked about, something that actually would take an awfully long time to type out. And I think if you're going to send one of those, you basically have to accept that you are going to be waiting a little bit longer to get a response to it than if you'd sent a text. Because if someone's in a meeting or at dinner, they can't just glance at their phone as they go to the loo and read what's happened. They do have to, as you say, sit down and listen to that broadcast that you've provided for them. So I think the trade-off for your ease there is that you are going to have to wait a little bit longer for your message to be responded <laughs> to. 
But then having said that, when you look at people a bit younger than me, people who are properly Gen Z, they are communicating constantly via voice notes and they will bounce them back and forth. They've always got their AirPods in, so it's very easy for them to do so. So in a way, maybe I... Um, of a very specific generation when it comes to this digital etiquette. And there's probably an entirely new generation with different etiquette coming up behind me. And soon I will be the one who is putting my foot in it every which way. It's lovely how things work out. All right, Charlotte, thank you very much for joining us. Charlotte Ivers, who was writing in the Sunday Times about that. Now, Lorcan and Ali, what do you make of all of this? Lorcan first. I agree with Charlotte uh, totally. I thought it was a superb piece and I think we all need rules and etiquette to stop misunderstandings because as you said yourself, uh, Pat, language changes consistently, uh, the English language changes and we just have to adapt and roll with those rules. And I always like to think about it in terms of uh, what Douglas Adams, uh, the the author, talked about kind of the advances of technology and basically said that anything that's in the world when you're born is just a normal, natural way. Anything that's invented between the ages of about 15 and 35 is new and exciting and revolutionary and then anything invented after you're 35 is against the natural order of things and must be rebelled against. I think we need to avoid that attitude and just adapt to the situation that we're in. And I think a lot of it can be be dealt with uh, with rules of etiquette, but also just with an attempt of, right, think about the other person and think, how might they receive this information? So, I mean, the two examples that Charlotte went through there would have been solved by just a little bit more over-explaining when you're writing an email or sending a text, not just saying, hang on, what do I mean here, but what am I actually saying? So rather than saying, who wrote this, full stop, it's a case of saying, who wrote this, because I want to make sure the work is being shared out equally. That whole misunderstanding would have been avoided if we just did an element of over-explaining, an element of thinking about the emotions, thinking about the person on the other side. Mm. We have to adapt as language changes. Now, if you, if you, for example, put a smiley emoji at the end of that, uh, which s- seems to suggest uh, approval, would that work? It might, it might, but then you get into this whole world of emojis and they have totally different meanings to different people. So you might have a smiley emoji, you might have a laughing face emoji, which for me would say light and nice and normal. But if you send that to somebody of a generation below me, they think you're absolutely mad and insane and outdated. Uh, so emojis themselves then have loads of different meanings. So I actually yeah. think we probably need a bit of an old So a smiley a- emoji emojis. might mean the document is laughable. It could. It could, <laughs> depending on the other person. So I, right. I think from a professional point of view, let's stay away from emojis totally until we have mm. an official lexicon that says here's what they mean. So, uh, Ali, what do you think? I mean, uh, how is your digital etiquette? I have a few different thoughts on this. Now, first of all, I have to say I love voice notes. I'm a millennial and it's actually what Charlotte was saying. She was kind of touching on how sometimes when you call someone out of the blue, you don't know what they're doing. You don't know if they're free. That's why I love voice notes because you might have a 10 minute conversation you need to have with someone. And instead of putting it in text where it might be miscommunicated or misunderstood, you want your voice to be there, but you're not sure if they're free. That's why I love voice notes. I think the core issue (laughs) from listening to everyone today is that the written word is just not clear enough anymore. And it does have to do with how we're thought language. And I actually see it on the flip side. So I know Charlotte's article was more about the older generation not speaking correctly to uh, millennials. I find myself as a millennial, sometimes Generation Z don't really speak that well to millennials or to the older generation. So for example, I've had job applications like a CV sent to me through Instagram. I've had someone hand in their notice via text. I've had people I don't know send me X's at the end of a text. I've seen emails that have no paragraphs in them whatsoever. 
because there's a real lack of understanding when you grow up on Snapchat and TikTok and that's how you communicate with your friends. I do think it's very difficult to transition into the professional realm where suddenly there's a way that you write. And when you were talking about the emojis there, I literally hate nothing more than if I get a professional email with an emoji on it. I think it's so inappropriate. Unless it's someone that's a very close friend of mine, I think it's so bizarre. I don't think there's any place for it. Um, And I do think one of the main issues is that we probably need to be talking to each other more on the phone. But at the same time, when I was reading Charlotte's article, I'm the same. If I see someone calling me, I'm like, what's going on? What's this about? My heart literally sinks. I'm like, why are they calling me? Why is this not a message? So I'm kind of split between the two generations, but I see it on either side. Now, clearly, uh, some people are still making calls because I see them every day when I go for a walk with the dog or whatever. You see people talking to themselves. Um, So I presume they're on the phone. (laughs) The phone's in the pocket. You can see the earbuds in the ears and they're just rabbiting away. Uh, So clearly the phone call is acceptable in some circumstances. In other words, someone said, love to talk to so-and-so but I can do it while I'm having my walk. Yeah, kind of something you do in in parcel with some other activity. So it is kind of getting to this point where we're all trying to be more aware of each other's time. But even with a friend of mine, I think they'd actually text me first to be like, I'm going to give you a buzz. Now, if my parents ring me, I'm always expecting that. That's not a surprise. But if someone I know that I've been chatting to recently started ringing me right now, I'd be like, oh God, is something wrong? what's this about? It's just this thing that's become inherent now because I'm so used to messages or voice noting people. I mean, my friends always joke, you know, we'd be on WhatsApp voice noting each other. And if one of us called one another live while on our phones, we wouldn't answer it. We'd be like, that's a mistake. They've called me by accident. But that's the kind of realm that I live in, which just sounds so weird. But Generation Z then, which are under me, it's honestly even worse. I think if they get a phone call, they think someone's dead. You know, like it's even more serious. They're so concerned. They get on anxiety even the thought of having to have a conversation on the phone like I've had to deal with that I've seen that so it's kind of getting worse to be honest yeah and in the business world you often have to make phone calls and uh, people who come into that world in whatever field it might be they just don't know how to do it they don't know you know the the small social graces that might be required to make a phone call with somebody I would love to see, and this isn't anything to do with like any of my current team, my most amazing team now, but just from in the last nine years of business dealing with different job interviews and stuff like that, I would love to see a college course actually have a module called like professional etiquette, communication etiquette. I know that probably sounds wild, but there are people coming out of college that don't know how to write an email and therefore they don't really know how to deal with senior staff. They don't really know what's appropriate. And this is kind of what causes confusion. And it's it's handy for them too, because maybe like that late night email Charlotte was talking about, if there was some teaching or understanding around this sort of conversational tone that can be had, everyone would be a bit more at ease and they'd understand that this sort of communication is, is fine and no one's in trouble. Ali Ryan, founder of Goss Media and Lorcan Nyan, head of training with the Communications Clinic. And before that, Charlotte Ivers uh, of the Sunday Times. Uh, thank you one and all. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.